1: learn more at marines.com
2: if like me you've had a good summer you know what i mean too many late nights on the costas one or two extra hours a little bit too long in the airport lounge we've indulged ourselves haven't we and we've all put on a little bit of timber well let me in let me let you in on a bit of a secret it's called ag1 and it's a nutrition supplement that i personally take every single morning it's my secret code to start the day forget about tea forget about coffee i have one shake of ag1 in the morning and It just supports my immune system for the rest of the day it sets me off on a good foot to tackle the day whether i'm going to gym or not going to gym it's my morning routine to have a Uh, One shake of AG1 to get me going. It covers all the nutritional benefits that you would possibly need. And it's just one small scoop with a glass of water every morning. When you break it down, it's probably worth about two or three quid per drink, which is pretty good if you ask me. And it's a good daily habit to ensure that you get high quality sourced ingredients into your body before you even start tackling any kind of meals. I recommend it, it helped me get in great shape at the start of this year, in great shape, especially last year as well. And I think it's my little secret code to get myself back in shape before the winter months kick in uh, in the UK. Little bit of the T's and C's for you. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Simply go to drinkag1.com slash fightdisciples. That's drinkag1, the numbercom slash fightdisciples. Check it out. Believe me when I tell you, it's the secret to my success, man. From dad bod to beach god, try AG1. Like me, it might just become part of your daily routine. See you on the beach. This,
1: this, is, this, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 812. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your review of boxing from the weekend just gone. Another great weekend. And we'll get stuck into it in a minute. Before we do, though, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every audio feed under the sun is there. Uh, and of course, we're on YouTube. So if you would like to come along and join the YouTube family, we are growing slowly, but we are growing. And we would like you to become a part of that. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube so you never miss out on any of our content. You can also interact with the show, though. you can get stuck into comments and all sorts of stuff. Agree, disagree, do what you want. Uh, it is uh, yours is as, as much as it is ours. So go and get yourself stuck in and become a part
2: of the uh, Fight Disciples community. You had a good weekend, my man? Another sensational weekend when it came to boxing, wasn't it? You know, it was absolutely worth staying in for two quality cards, loads of really good action to get excited about. A little bit of controversy sprinkled in there. The occasional judges' scorecard, which I like to rip to death. People missing weight, people calling now champions, people calling for unification fights and options four islands face lady as well can i can i just ask can i
1: can i just ask because obviously it, it was quite evident that a lot of people got carried away with the occasion at the weekend in dublin is that the Jesus reason God. why you have gone full green today why why, yes. why have you got green hat green t-shirt is this, is this what it is occasion. is this is this, uh, this everything is i've got in my occasion. cupboard everything i've got in my cupboard <laughs> that is emerald
2: in some way shape or form <laughs> i am putting it on is that what you've done today Scouse, aren't I? So basically, you know, half Irish, half Irish, Irish. One of Ireland's major cities—that's what Liverpool is. So yeah, I've gone full Irish today, absolutely. And why not? You know, I've got hero sauce, and I've got me. What's it called? What's the tea bags from Ireland? Barry's tea bags—is it? Barry's. Barry's. I've never heard of that. I'm sure they're called Barry's tea bags. They're like the they're the, that's the tea, all the Irish drink, and it's outstanding. I'm sure, what's it's that? called Barry's tea.
1: Barry's tea. All right. so um, Away from boxing, how was the rest of your weekend? Obviously, big footy game. Did you enjoy it? I do uh, enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy that game, you know, just on our social, on our uh, WhatsApp group. It's hilarious just because of how into that's it you competition. You yeah. You you're in. Like, you're proper locked into it, aren't you? And you, the, if anybody ever wants to wind Nick up, when Liverpool are playing City <laughs> in particular or United or any of yeah, them yeah, games he's that's the time the two colors come out just mate he goes proper shit house just <laughs> drop him a little fucking bomb in there and step back and he'll bite on it you can't let you can't leave it can you
2: <laughs> it's funny because i don't get in like Unlike when I was in my early 20s, where it's like, you know, suddenly the world revolves around football, For you feel like, or certainly as a teenager. Yeah. When you get a bit older, you're like, hey, it's just a sport, man. Those players don't give a fuck about me. That yeah. club doesn't give a fuck about me. It is what it is. I'll take from it what I can, and that's social whatever it is. But the certain games of the season where you can't just walk away, where you've got to be involved, you've got to be... And and City, obviously, in recent years, because you've got Pep, you've got Pep, who's you know the, the, the silver spoon phony manager. And see, got, look, look,
1: look, see what he's doing the now. Managers, look, he can't do see. There you,
2: see, just you go. Just do there you go. So obviously, there's got to be those comparisons. But yeah, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed Trent once again scoring, giving it the old Great, shush the to, best the, thing. to the city crowd. Fantastic. The, the
1: best thing about this is that during the group, so there's me, him. And our other friend is a Manchester United fan, right? He is so, actually yeah, yeah. So, so so the crack's good. He's, he's, he's not good from fans.
2: Manchester, obviously. No, he's not like, he fans, he like most Man United fans. He's
1: like most Man United fans. He ain't Mancunian. Well, there you go. So the so the crack's good. So I'm starting to drop into this group. Obviously, Doku's got Trent on toast here. And I just keep I just keep drip feeding it into this group. And I can I can feel the temperature level just going up and up and up. Trent gets his equaliser. Fucking hell, he was in. (laughs) Weren't you? Straight in, two foot good. What the fuck were you saying? (laughs) Hey, hey, (laughs) hey! Best player in
2: the world. Look at him. And he's one of us. (laughs) I think my exact tweet to you was, Trent won, dog poo nil. (laughs) That's it. That's That's all that matters. That's That's all that matters. the, The kid had a lot of pace, man. Luckily, he's got no end product. There you go. You can have that one, City fans. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh, good fun.
1: Mate, it is. It is all good fun. But like it. Like I said, yeah. you. You never check. You are the most laid-back, placid guy I know. Just so chill. <laughs> apart from when them games are on, whether it's <laughs> Liverpool versus City or Liverpool versus United, you're a
2: completely different human being. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. It was my. Um, <clears throat> It was actually my son's ninth birthday at the weekend as well yesterday, so uh, we got him a we got he asked for a PS five so we got a PS five and a oh wow games and, yeah he was he was over the moon. Luckily enough, my my nephew you're not going to see him now for a couple of months. He's no, gone, no, no, He's you. out, Mate, He's out. He he on his birthday on Saturday night into Sunday morning, he came into the bedroom and I was watching. What was I watching? Saturday night might have been might have been the undercard. Must have been the undercard from Ve- from Vegas. So I'm sitting here, it's five to twelve at night on on Saturday going into Sunday. I'm looking waiting for the prelims, doing whatever. And he comes in, he goes, Is it my birthday yet? Yeah? And I went, get to bed, never mind. Is it your birthday? Yeah, go to bed now. It's not even 12 o'clock. Ten minutes later he come in. Is it my birthday now? I said, Yeah, it's your birthday now. Yeah, happy birthday. Go back to bed. Oh, I need to go downstairs and open my presents. I was like, This is it's not Christmas. You don't get to go down in the middle of the night. It's your birthday. Wait until your mum and your sister get up. We'll go in the morning. Go back to bed. I've got a PS5 downstairs, haven't I, Dad? <laughs> <that was> <laughs> go back to bed. He literally kept himself awake till after midnight, till it was his birthday, because he actually thought I was going to go, yeah, go on, go and play on your PS5 right now and just stay up all night playing it around the bend. But uh, but yeah, luckily enough, my, my nephew gave us a heads up and he was like, have you got a PS5 yet? Yeah. Right, give it to me Saturday. I'll take it to mine and I'll download it all and update it all because it takes a couple of hours. Otherwise, they'd have been blue murdering ours on Sunday morning. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily yeah. enough, he took it away. He put Fortnite on it. He put all He put Hogwarts on it. I was like, get Hogwarts on there right now. I'll have a bit of that action. So, yeah. So, did there. you see him at all yesterday, or was he just
1: computing no, to the max?
2: That was literally like friends and fam- family were coming around to drop off his gifts and his cards and everything else. And he, he was literally like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Just open that envelope for us, Mum. That's lovely, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, so, yeah, yeah. He's all in.
1: Why not, man, eh? exactly. Why
2: not?
1: Why not? Exactly. Good stuff. Right, let's get into a bit of boxing, shall we? I was on the radio at the weekend, casually watching uh, Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor, and the minute that my radio show finished, I went straight back and re-watched it, because I saw uh, the reaction... Uh, online where people were talking about knockdowns, whether they were knockdowns, Mm. uh, 98, 92 scorecards, people talking about holding, all this type of stuff. So I went and had a little bit of notice, so I can give you an honest uh, fur tech, uh, which is obviously what we're here for on the old uh, Fight Disciples.
2: Before you get, are you going to get stuck into the technicalities now or can we do the fanfare bit now? Which which, which order Mm. do you want to do it in? Mate,
1: you're dressed in green, you do fanfare. (laughs) Exactly. Go go, do fanfare.
2: I haven't dressed up like this for nothing. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've dressed up like this for a reason. And that's because I just need to say, at 37 years of age, after doing this for three decades, and largely for those three decades, she's been at the top as well, man. I'm talking European golds, world golds, Olympics, you name it. Katie Taylor has been the fourth of women's boxing since way into her amateur days. And she's turned pro. She's had 24 fights now as a pro. <clears throat> and she's broken down so many boundaries. She's boxed all over the world. She's main evented in every single city you can think of. She's finally back in Ireland. Just, you, I can't talk highly enough about Katie Taylor and what she's managed to do with her career. With the pressure she's under, you don't realize that, you know, she wasn't voted Ireland's best boxer. She was voted Ireland's greatest sports person, period. Like, The entire nation and beyond love Katie Taylor and that kind of pressure, especially coming off your first defeat, same same arena, same opponents, everything else to come through that, to have the mental fortitude at 37 to come through that because Chantel, wasn't for quitting. Chantel Cameron kept coming, kept putting it on her. That was clearly their their game plan. Keep putting it on her. She'll have to start fast. Eventually, she's tired. She's 37. She's been doing this a long time. She won't have her in the tank. But Christ, she had it in the tank. Christ, she kept going. And yes, in a second, we're going to get into the nuances of the fight and a few of the things that need to be highlighted. Mm -hmm. But I just want to celebrate the fact that Katie Taylor is first ballots Hall of Fame greatness she truly is greatness and again to do that to get it done to get her arm raised i personally had katie winning it you know six four it was a close fight but she did the big things in the big moments and i just thought you know what coming away from it i'm embarrassed that i didn't believe in her because it's katie taylor and i remember saying to you on thursday and even said on nick's picks on friday i said if anyone can do this If anyone can turn back the clock at 37 and overturn a defeat like that in front of her own fans and become a two-weight, undisputed champion, it's Katie Taylor. But I believe this is what's going to happen. And I've gone back and watched it and thought, I said it myself, if anyone's going to do it, she's going to do it. And boy, did she do it. For me, that was the pinnacle moment of a career. I'm excited because there's a rubber match here. There's a second fight with Sonado. We'll get on to it all. What comes next in 2024? But will she ever top what happened on Saturday night? Can she ever top it? Because the atmosphere, never mind inside the arena, but I've seen footage from bars all over Ireland. Conor McGregor's bar, it looked absolutely mental when the decision got read out there. They all just exploded. That happened in every pub and every bar across the entire island. Will she ever be able to top that? Mate, only Katie Taylor could top that. But Jesus Christ, what a moment. What a moment. I don't think it's a case of
1: you doubting her. I think it's a case of just using genuine logic. What she did at the weekend is she's defied logic. She did? She's 37 years of age. Like you said, she's been there, done it, got the T-shirt. And by using the eye test, you've seen that she is slowing down. She isn't the girl that she was five years ago, for example. So there is data to use to obviously come up with a, a valid opinion of how you thought a fight was going to play out. You've also got the data from May where she was comprehensively outboxed. It wasn't a majority decision. Chantel Cameron beat her and beat her very, very well. So all that said and done, given the fact that she's stepping up in weight, taking on a younger, fresher, bigger, stronger, and in May, better fighter for you yeah. to come up with your conclusion of, I think it's going to be a step too far. She's going to throw the kitchen sink at it because it's Katie Taylor. I think everybody said that, didn't they? But she's probably going to come up short. Yeah. However, she defied logic. And exactly what you've just said there, you look at all the great accolades that she's had from Olympic champion to unified champion in the weight division below, uh, to the Serrano fight at Madison Square Garden, all these moments, all these moments that she's ticked off, she's taken... The female side of this sport to a whole new level. Don't get me wrong, she's had some dance partners to help her get to the stage that we're at right now. But Saturday night was the cherry on top of the cake. There's no doubt in my mind about that. The the just were you when you're coming off a defeat, your
2: first defeat. You're
1: only and, defeat. And and your career's <laughs> in the balance. You know, you get beat here again. Okay. There's maybe an argument because you're Katie Taylor. Right. It's not my weight category. I can go down to light. And I could probably do the Serrano for me big swan song farewell. I could probably do that, but it, it, the shine's taken. Let's be straight: the shine is taken off it, because it's evident that you're slowing down. You get into a certain stage of your career. You've gone up, you've fallen short, okey dokey. Mm-hmm. But she was having none of that. She was having none of that. Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of talking points within this fight, and we are going to get through the, uh, through them because I think it's only fair for Chantel Cameron that we mention those particular things. Yeah. But from a Katie Taylor point of view, tactically, bang on, yeah. especially in the early parts of this fight, bang I, on. I would
2: say down the stretch as well. I would say down the stretch. I, I thought she gonna, was holding gonna... on a little bit. I thought she was well, holding
1: it... on down the stretch, mate.
2: She's tired. She's exhausted. She's going to use every our last trick she's learned to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's down to the referee to sort that yeah. out. We'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. That, that was where my big issue was in this fight, was the referee and the way he handled the fight. It yeah. was very pro katie taylor largely like andy lee on the comms which got to comedy points at at one stage he was he ran out of superlatives to say how incredible katie taylor was that was brilliant and listen i'm as biased as any man you know what i mean i'm openly biased and when i've got a favorite in there i'll i'll let you know but andy lee went into like super duper overdrive and dragged off the commentary team with him at one point i didn't even think chantel cameron was in the ring it was just the Katie taylor show but yeah listen I, I even the second just come back to that even the tactics in the second half of the fight yes they were they were tactics that i believed begged a foul and probably should have had the point docked off but you're gonna do it until a referee gives you a final warning and ramirez never her a final warning so she was put it she was ve- it was very Lauren Coley Down the stretch, it was. It really was. It was three-punch combination, hold. And if the referee ain't going to warn you for it, continue to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, Listen, for me, there has to be a rematch. We're 1-1 now. We saw a fantastic performance from Chantel Cameron in May. Wonderful. And she rightfully uh, retained her belts on that night and got herself that victory over Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor, listen, there's no disputing. If you we're judging 10 individual two-minute pieces, aren't we? And for me, very similar to you, Katie Taylor won six of those individual pieces with yeah. Chantel Cameron taking four. 98-92 is absolutely disgraceful. There's no way oh. that Chantel Cameron only won two rounds in that fight. Come on, man. I'll let yeah. my man get stuck into that and maybe stick you in a book in a minute. Mm-hmm. The refereeing is suspect. It's suspect. Come on, let's yeah. be dead straight. Let's be dead honest about this. It's, it's, it's you know... That first round is a knockdown. You can slow it down as much as you want. You can talk about, oh, feet have come together and they've tripped each other up. Come on, man. Utter bollocks. It's a straight, rock-hard jab. Catches her, square on, knocks her off balance, and she ends up going down. That's a 10-8 round in Chantel Cameron's favour. That's what it should have been scored. Obviously, she misses out on that. And then you've got to think, how does that affect Chantel Cameron psychologically? Because in the next two rounds... You know, Ed's come together. She's got a horrible gash on the bloody side of Red. So now she's starting to chase a fight because she's thinking to herself, well, hang on a minute. Referee's just sent me over to the corner here to go and speak to a doctor. Doctor's checking my head. How bad is this cut? I'm probably 2-1 down. If they stop this fight right now, I'm out. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've got to start to put my foot down and see if I can reclaim some of these rounds. And of course, I think it played into Katie's hands because she wanted to be on the back foot. She wanted to use her fast hands and get out the back door. So from a Chantel Cameron point of view, the knockdown and, listen, mate, it's persistent holding. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That is persistent holding down the second half of this fight from Katie Taylor, and there was zero, zero warning. I'm not saying take a point. I'm not saying that. But absolutely zero warning to Katie Taylor to say to her, Oi, no, that's not what we're doing. We're fighting. None of that. I understand all this is for you, mate. And I've got I'm I'm supposed to be playing along. No, we're having this is boxing. You do not do that. There was no warning. So all these things taken into consideration, and especially with it being one-one between the girls, for me, you have to go again. You've got to have that rubber match. You've got to go and do it for a third time.
2: Yeah, as soon as the um, <clears throat> as soon as the legit knockdown wasn't ruled in the first rounds, and and disappointingly on zone as well, I think they only replayed it once, very briefly, and went, oh, the legs tangled together. They didn't replay it again. They they couldn't show evidence of the legs tangled together because the legs well, didn't tangle just, together. Just
1: on that, in defense, I know that obviously Andy ended up then becoming very pro kt but he was the only one in the apps in the moment saying that it should have been a knockdown. He said it that he did say that should have been a knockdown.
2: Yeah. Whereas was,
1: then afterwards in the in the remat replays, I think Darren was with him, and there was a couple of the the, the noise. Then started, oh, maybe the maybe the feet came together. Maybe yeah. maybe this. Listen, I don't give a shit what anybody says. My eyes saw what I saw. It's a knockdown. Yeah. It, it was a knockdown.
2: It was it was a knockdown, and, and obviously that would have impacted on the scores. Actually, Steve Morrow who scored the fight the same as me, ninety six to ninety four. Mm. He actually gave. Um, Chantel Cameron in the first round by a 10-9 because I've seen a few people had said if that knockdown would have been scored then the fight would have been a, a draw there would have been a a, round, a, a judge piece, and a draw down the middle but actually Steve Morrow's call wouldn't have been a draw because he gave the first round to Chantel Cameron and scored it 94-96 in favour of Taylor so I thought it was Chantel's been... round did you not give it Chantel? Yeah I did but I think wow. a lot of people were alluding to the fact Chantel would have got two more points had it been a 10-8. Which oh, would right. have made his scorecard a draw. So they were alluding
1: they were alluding re- to the fact that they thought that they basically Casey said, won the round. Had
2: that knockdown been scored, the right. fight would have been a complete draw. When actually that's not the case, Steve Morrow would have just lost the point. I obviously I did give the first round to Chantel Cameron. I would have scored it at 10-8. The judge didn't the referee didn't give it, so you have to score it at 10-9 because it's his decision. I think for me, and, and a lot of people came at me about Jan Christensen's 92-98 scorecard, eight rounds to two. And I, I watched the fight back. In the, in the moment, I was like, that's a fucking awful scorecard. And I maintain it is an awful scorecard. It really is. It's very, very Katie Taylor biased. Um, however, for me, the big, the, the big disappointment out of these four judges was absolutely the referee for every reason you've just said. To miss that knockdown, that's a really important, important seminal moment in the fight. I thought Katie dropped her head an awful lot. I know there was a lot of heads coming together. Maybe Chantel was as guilty as Katie Taylor, but actually Katie drops her head. Every time Chantel moved forward, she dropped her head and came forward with it. So I had to warn Katie about the head as well. And then second half of the fight, you're absolutely right. How how she hasn't warned repeatedly about holding and then had it persisted, had a point taken off. Maybe it wouldn't have persisted, maybe it would have got a better yeah, fight then. Exactly. But as I say, Katie Taylor's old enough, wise enough, and experienced enough to go. Okay, I'm in the trenches now. So I'll use every bit of my... I'll land three punches because I know this place will go mental. And then that'll close the distance and then I'll hold on. And I'll keep doing that until this referee gives me a final warning. And then I'll stop. But he doesn't give it a final warning. He doesn't even give it a a staying warning. There's one or two. Stop holding. Stop holding. Whatever. At one point he says to Chantel Cameron, stop holding. And she goes, are you fucking messing? Anyway. For me, the big disappointment was Roberto Ramirez, the referee. I thought he had a really bad... This was maybe not quite Joe Cortez, Hatton versus Mayweather, Mm. but he allowed the fight to play out in favour of Katie Taylor. And that way, there was a lot of holding, there was a lot of fouling going on. Just coming back to Jan Christiansen's scorecard, 98-92. Again, I scores at 96-94. I can see a 97-93 through Katie Taylor rose tinted glasses. And for that reason, he's not going to make the list because it is only one round difference again. Again, it's a really poor scorecard. I I maintain that. But actually, when you look at the people who are on the list for 2023 for the worst scorecards of the year, it's either a scorecard where a round, sorry, where someone's took an absolute shellacking and, and the gobshites put the fucking 10 on the wrong name, clearly. Or it's someone that scored a fight like ninety eight ninety two in favor of Chantel Cameron that makes the list. The opposite of what everyone else has seen. So at least Jan got the right winner in my opinion. It's just a heavily heavily skewed pro Katie Taylor card. So he's not going on the list, Jan. But he's but I'm watching him. There's a little mark against Jan Christiansen's name. The kid's been marked. Uh, listen, I, I'm not. I don't want to go too big on the judges or even the referee because it was Katie Taylor's night. It was a magical moment. But I, like you, I do feel for Chantel Cameron because straight from the straight from early on in the fight, the knockdown not scored, the head clash opens up a bad cut, the doctor getting brought in straight away for a cut on the top of her head. Yeah. Okay, it was a deep gash, I'll give you that. Yeah. But it was all the way up here, man. The, the doctor doesn't need to look at that. But those are warning signs that make Chantel panic now. Okay, wait a minute. I'm not just fighting her. I'm fighting him, I'm fighting him, and I'm fighting all these as well. Yeah. Okay, shit's hitting the fan. And that's how game plans go out the window. That's how tactics go out the window. Yeah. So, yeah, I do feel for Chantel Cameron.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you're up for the rematch, yeah? Is that where you would go next?
2: Well, listen, I, I think obviously there's two clear options here. Croke Park is, would be absolutely incredible in the spring, early summer. And I think she's got options. I think Chantel Cameron Part three, absolutely. That sells. Of course it sells. Chantel deserves it. Katie deserves it. We need a rubber match because of everything we've just talked about. But also, I like the Amanda Serrano fight, and I like the fact that in the post-fight press conference afterwards, Katie was asked about Amanda Serrano. She was asked about 12 three-minute rounds, and Katie Silla said, yeah, man, I would love to do 12 three-minute rounds against Amanda Serrano. And I think that's important, and I we yes. spoke about this before. Agreed. Women's boxing is changing. Women's boxing, the norm in a few years' time will be 12 threes. And I don't want the career of Katie Taylor, the Hall of Fame fucking incredible career of Katie Taylor to have the caveat of people going, yeah, but she was scared of 12 threes, don't forget. You know, she was offered 12 threes many times. She turned it down. She was probably the best sprinter female fighter we've seen. But this generation who do 12 threes, it's completely different. These girls are built different. This is a 36 minutes. That was only 20 minutes. And I, I would love to see... And again... I know it's probably the wrong time of her life to ask her to do almost double the amounts of time inside the ring. But like what Katie said, she was like, listen, a lot of people think the three-minute rounds favours the the fighter, but I'm here to tell you the three-minute rounds favours the boxer. She is the quintessential boxer. So I love that noise out of Katie. If Serrano Taylor is definitely 12 threes, I actually want to see Serrano next. But then... Because Katie ain't talking about retiring. We're talking about retiring her. She ain't talking about retiring. And then maybe we end the year with the th- with the third fight with Chantelle Cameron. What a year that would be. And if she was to come through those two fights, that's it, man. I'm getting a Katie Taylor tattoo.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Listen, to be in uh, the atmosphere... That people experienced at the weekend it's one of those uh pinch yourself moments it's a it's a once in a lifetime moment yeah and i was there moment so if you were there and you were in the arena singing and dancing and enjoying yourself that's what it's all about man. that's what of it's all about it i'm glad that your girl uh turned up and gave you that moment but there are obviously further talking points that have to be brought in for the opponents. Chantelle Cameron, uh, to uh, to do her justice as well. And I hope that she gets another opportunity uh, in a rubber match.
2: What do you think about about Katie and the WBC and probably others coming out and saying, there's no pressure to push it in one way or the other. If Katie were to... if I think if Katie does choose to do Chantelle Cameron part three next, I think then she should probably give up the lightweight titles. But if she does Serrano next, I'd be quite happy for her to keep hold of both sets of titles. If she does Serrano next, because she's still dipping into both. I, you know, there's a lot of pressure now from certain fighters. Who I get it. If you're, if you're, you know, leading the lightweight division, if you're the Caroline Dubois, you're like, wait a minute, I, I'm not just going to sit around waiting for Katie Taylor to defend this belt and then go back to this weight division, that weight division. But it's not like the men's divisions either, where there's this plethora of truly world-class fighters in every weight yeah. class. I think there's a little bit more leniency we can give here to go. Okay. If you're going to do lightweight next, we'll let you keep the lightweight on the Speed of crown. And then more than likely, you're going to do the super lightweight after that. So you're going to fight twice next year. Okay, I'm I'm quite happy with that. And again, that's probably being biased towards Katie Taylor. But also, I want the biggest fights possible. And with all due respect, splitting up all four of these belts in either weight division to crown lesser champions, let's say, I don't think is good for women's boxing.
1: No, I think you've you've kind of nailed it there, mate. If she's going to be active in two weight divisions, then I don't think anybody can really have a problem given when you look at the division and you analyse the, the depth of talent. you We all want the best fights, don't we? We all want the number ones against the number twos. And there's two fights for Katie Taylor. And this is no disrespect to the other girls that are out there that are chomping at the bit that want that opportunity. I mean, even on this card, we had the a WBC interim situation with, with Sky Nicholson, don't we? So for me if Katie Taylor is fighting Amanda Serrano and or Chantel Cameron, I'm cool with that at the moment, because if you take the belts of Katie Taylor in whatever weight division, <laughs> Excuse me. it doesn't mean anything, does it really? If you win it, no. let's be honest, because she's the number one. And if you want to be the champion, that's who you've got to go and beat. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm okay with for now, everything staying as it is. I, as you've just said, there, there's there's only us. I say us, I mean the wider media, people questioning right, how long is she going to go on for? Is she going to call time? Is it going to be the Katie Taylor's an absolute unit, mate? She's a fucking machine. She, there's no thought in her head about calling time. She's thinking, right, I'll have that, I'll have a nice little Christmas, I'll have a little bit of a rest, and I will be back at some point in uh, in the new year announcing a new date against somebody. So I don't think there's a problem right now. Um if anything, it actually becomes even more exciting because of the because of the performance and the win at the weekend. It becomes more exciting. I'm more excited now about seeing another one with Serrano, and I'm more excited about seeing part three, maybe even on a bigger scale, uh, with Chantel Cameron. So, yeah, I'm
2: cool with it, man. Um, how, how big is her fucking Sophie cabinet, by the way? <laughs> like, with all due respect, she picked up five belts at the weekend. She's already got five at home, and she's got other belts from other weight classes when she's done whatever else, like... Her house just must be full of world title belts, just everywhere. Just fucking, like, in the washing machine, clogging up the sink, in the bath, getting get the bath off. Do you know, razor. like, get that know, IBS belt out the bath. There must yeah. be fucking
1: everywhere. You know, like, when you when you have a Brucey bonus and you find a fiver in your jeans when you put it through the wash, you yeah, think, exactly. hell, I forgot about that little bad boy. Exactly. That's a beauty, isn't it? Can you imagine exactly. if she's, like, she goes in the garage or something, she goes, fucking hell. Well, she won't swear. <laughs> Katie doesn't swear, so you go, oh, my, oh. Oh, oh, my G's, or whatever she says. <laughs> hey, look, I've just found another ring magazine belt. Where would it? Do
2: you remember this one? Oh, yeah, exactly. A... Clogging up the hoover and everything. Hoover under the couch. What's that? Oh, God. Also, ring magazine belt. Mega. Mental. Yeah. <clears throat> Mental. Um, what a career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where do you want to go first? Can, uh, seeing as I've just mentioned Sky, can I just quickly talk about Sky Nicholson, obviously, against absolutely, uh, yeah.
2: uh, Lucy Wildhart. Yeah. Um, well, you asked. You asked on Thursday. You said Sky hasn't got me excited yet. I wanted no. it to get me excited. Yeah. Did you get you excited at the weekend? Um, slightly more, and I'm I'm not going to complain at that. Slightly more aroused. No, you didn't. Excited. Stop it. We're talking about professional. What, what level of excitement was you? Edge right. of Your seat well, no, hairs no. on the back no, of your no, no. neck. No. Itchy knuckles, sweaty
1: palms. No. None of that. Heartbeaten? beaten. No. So what I asked for last week said it's not really caught. It's not got me yet. I've, I said that she's got a very uh, amateur-heavy style that is transitioning into the into the professional game. It's, it's, it feels a bit point-scoring. I want to see a bit more nastiness. I want to see. I want to see stoppages. Listen, I'm going to be as brutal as I can. I want to see some stoppages. I want to see you go through the gears, and I want to see you tech someone out. Um, and up until uh, the weekend, we hadn't seen that. Now I know she gets a stoppage in this particular fight because the towel comes in.
2: One every round as well.
1: Yes. Now. What I did, I'm not saying saying that uh, it was there now. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted with what I saw. What I am saying, though, is that there's progression. I'm actually, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, you are sitting down a little bit more now. Yeah, you are letting it go a little bit more now. So it's obviously going to take a little bit of time to kind of just... Get rid of the shackles of that amateur style, where she's been used to point scoring. Right, there's a round for me. There's, a, you know what I mean. You don't need to knock them out in the amateurs, dear. It's a point scoring exercise in order to win fights, and you can you can gradually. It's a slower process than I maybe wanted, but it's a gradual process that is obviously happening now. You saw at the weekend there was a little bit more nastiness. There was a little bit more spite. She was punch perfect, mate. I can't fucking moan. She was absolutely fantastic against a, uh an opponent that has been in with some top girls. Okay, she's fallen short against those top girls, but she's been in with those top girls, and she's tough, you know, is wild art, really tough. So I thought Sky absolutely made a step forward. I'm looking forward to see it continue. I need, listen, as a fan, I just want to see that continue. And every single time you get in there, give me something more, give me something more, give me something more. She gave me something more at the weekend.
2: Come on, great win. Yep. I think I think you're being terribly harsh. I thought she was great. I thought that's. I just
1: that's said that she
2: was great. I just wanted no, to see a little bit no. more nastiness. No. That's all. She, she was alright. I'm like, I thought that she. I thought she was great. I thought that was the best performance oh, of her career so far against a big, ass. strong opponent. No, mate, I'm telling you, Lucy Wilder. You're right. She's lost twice before against Estelle Mosley and Michaela Meyer up at lightweight. She went to distance with both those girls as well. She wasn't in the kind of pressure that Sky put her under. And this was back down at Featherweight, which is supposedly Lucy's best division, obviously Sky's best division. Um, I thought she was great, man. I thought that was a a little bit of a statement. Yeah, she has to warm into the task, don't get me wrong, but forcing the corner to throw in the towel against a girl that's never been stopped before and has been at a bit higher level. I mean, a that's a, a massive regulation. tick. That's a massive tick next to Sky Nicholson. Yeah, and regulation. she's clocking up the. You know, we, we we joked about it on Thursday. She clocks up the old road miles, the old air miles. Oh, that's good experience, man. Honestly, I, I think she's on a real good. She's on a real good trajectory, Sky Nicholson. Now that, that was. I didn't think we were there yet, you know. And I'm like, okay, okay, sound. Let's go. Who would you put her in with then? If you, if you were saying that she's there now, well, the, put her in the problem it? is the champion, it's an undisputed weight division, isn't it? Like so many others. Serrano's got got everything. She's got all, all the ball balls. So would you put her, her in with Serrano now? Uh, no, I wouldn't, no. So she's not there yet, then? Well, she's. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> she's <right there. laughs> uh, is Gary Cully back? Mm. I think Gary Cully's a little bit lucky, to be honest with you. Because uh, uh, I. Uh, like, I when I scored this fight in the moment, I was like, I think Reese Mold's won this. I really do. But then I thought, come away, I thought, maybe I was maybe because on Thursday I was like, Reese Mold, this is a brilliant bit of matchmaking. Yeah. Because Reese Mold will ask questions and Reese Mold will watch the performance by the Mexican and go, if he can do that, I can do that. And that's exactly what he did. Big right hands over the top. Gary Cully's lazy jab or lazy left. La- yeah. So he has that southpaw stance. He throws a lazy left, boom. And he made them pay for it a few times, re Mold And I was like, yes, son. There's a blueprint, and you're following the blueprint. And I don't know whether I got caught up in the moment, but I was like, mate, that's re Mold's fight all day, all day. And then when, when the scorecards came out 97-93 in favor of mould, I was like, yep, yep. And I was like, oh, that's a bad decision. That's a homer decision. I actually watched it again on Sunday, and I, I thought it was a bit closer. To be fair, I probably thought it was a draw. I, okay. I I scored a five rounds a piece. apiece. Yeah. But just to come back to Gary Colley because this was obviously the Gary Colley comeback performance. I like the kid. He's a big tall 62 fucking, you know, featherweight lightweight whatever he is. He's got this covered in tattoos, got this big aura about him. He he understands the game. He understands about noise, social media, everything else. But because he makes the noise, because he's got the following. He's getting opportunities like this on big cards like this. He's getting big fight, but he's he's having to fight at a certain level. And I don't know if he's beyond this level yet. This again, great bit of matchmaking. This is where Gary Cully's at right now. Let's just put the fucking brakes on, pull him back a little bit. He's at domestic level. Let's not get carried away. Let's not do anything stupid like another international opponent. For me, he gets away with one here. He gets a decision. I could arguably see him not getting. Reese Maud asked the questions. This is Gary Cully's Gary Cully's level. Now, that's not to say he can't move on from this level at some stage, but this is his level. Right now, this is where Gary Cully's at. So we just need to pump the brakes on him. There's a lot of big noise about yeah. big fights, about big movements, about headline and all this stuff. Just pull back on that, because he ain't at that level. Mate, yeah,
1: it's like it's like what we said on the show last week. I highlighted that Reese Mole. This is great matchmaking. Reese Mole can box. He's been in with some top boys, but does he have the power? Does he have that thing that could really cause bother? And do you know something? If he if he did have, he might stop Gary Cully because yeah. he was he, that left like you just said that left hand was wide. It was so low. He was wide open every single time, yeah. and he was clipping him consistently throughout the course of the fight. It was a it was a good piece of matchmaking, a good comeback. Uh, from obviously the knockout defeat, Reese Mold um, made a great account of himself, and he is incredibly unlucky. I did edge it towards uh, Gary Cully, uh, but Reese Mold was very unlucky. It was uh, It was a very, very, very close fight, and a good fight as well. Um, you, um, you, in fact, regarding your predictions and stuff last week, you've actually had a decent week because uh, you highlighted uh, Mr. Donovan, didn't you? As, uh, as, listen, this could be the one. This one, this, this could be the moment where people should start to get extremely excited. And uh, yeah. and you got that at the weekend.
2: Actually, in terms of predictions, even the Vegas card, we picked out all the best bits of Vegas. We basically nailed the main event in Vegas. We'll come on to that. In hey, a second. look at uh, just of it. Hey, everybody, come and look how great we
1: are. <laughs> yeah,
2: but then yeah, <laughs> no, but it's a people, bit
1: Anchorman. It's a bit <laughs> anyone,
2: that, isn't it? anyone listening or watching knows going. Yeah, but you 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 tip Katie Taylor to lose your pleb. And that yeah. was the big, I think we, we got that one on. Oh, so don't, we're no, not no, that no no, 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 forget about
1: that. Forget about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this sounds like Everything a conversation. Everything else, we nailed this, it. Mate, bro, this sounds like a conversation that you have with promoters. Everybody's seen me have conversations with promoters recently. Yeah, no,
2: no, 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 don't talk about that. Don't talk about that bit.
1: Just talk about these bits. Just talk about yeah. these bits. Go exactly. on
2: then. Uh, so I Paddy, did Paddy I did Donovan. nail Pat, Paddy Donovan. I really like Paddy Donovan, as I say. I, I got it high on him on Thursday. He looks the part. He walks the part. His amateur credentials, his junior amateur credentials, I should say, were outstanding. He was always a special talent. Um, and it's about bringing him along at the right time. I think Danny, Danny Ball was the perfect opponent right now, as it proved. Because what you'll find with Paddy Donovan, <clears throat> as Saturday proved, bringing opponents with ambition, that's when you'll see the best of Paddy Donovan. Yeah, he facts. picks his shots really nice. He's heavy-handed. He's got every punch in, in that you need in your in your arsenal. And now it's just a case of. And I was quite happy that Eddie mentioned this afterwards as well because I feel the same way. Paddy Donovan's on the cusp of potentially being a superstar, but Paddy Donovan doesn't need to hear that. <clears throat> he looks like a fucking. You know, he's got that look of a year 2000 Panini sticker book. Pro, Annie, The big golden blonde hair. Yeah, good-looking boy. He looks like a, yeah, he's got, got know, it, man. He's got exactly it. Exactly. That handsome football. like he's in, a boy, he's in a boy band. Boy band. There you go. You've nailed it. He looks like he's in a boy band. And if you blow smoke up at the arse of these people enough, they start believing that, you know, believing their own shit don't stink. And that's the only thing with Paddy Donovan. I don't know him personally. I don't know his family around him. But it's very important that Paddy Donovan keeps his feet on the ground and keeps working because the sky's the limit for him. I truly believe that. I truly believe he can move on from this level, maybe very quickly as well, and achieve great things in this sport. But he can't get ahead of himself. He can't start, you know, believing he's all that before he gets there. Because if you do, there's a situation very similar here. I'm I'm not saying Gary Cully got caught away got caught up in it no, all, but, no, you know, you, you, you believe you're something before you're something. I just need Paddy Donovan right now just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Don't read the headlines. Don't watch people like us blow saying how amazing you looked. <laughs> just keep whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch us. Definitely yeah, yeah, watch yeah. us. Definitely watch us. Keep grafting, keep working, because if that kid stays dedicated, if yeah, they can good. keep his nose in the spit and sawdust, that kid can go an awful long way. Honestly, I, I really like every time I see him, he shows me something else. He's, he can see he's learning. He's moving forward. He was raw when he first came through. Now he's 12 fights into his career. He's starting to look more polished. He's picking his shots really well. He's moving in and out of range really well. And he's sitting down on those shots. He's transitioned from that amateur to pro star. I can see now why he didn't stay uh, as an amateur and into the seniors. Because he's got a very pro style anyway. Let's just nurture that. Honestly, he's a big star, man. I'm not surprised that he's excited about him. Hmm. Uh, anything else from Dublin? Not nah, all good. Again, Let's if get you were tomatoes. there, mate, what a night.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your... Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: Let's get to Vegas, right? Because I know that you're going to absolutely revel in this now, aren't you? Yeah? Look at you. Like a pig in shit, you're going to be swimming in the stuff. Uh, David Benavidez is the real deal. We told you this anyway last week. His performance against Caleb Plant last time out was truly sensational. He showed us a lot more than just being the power uh, that a lot of people uh, professed him to be. Uh, and he was taking on Demetrius Andrade, and Demetrius Andrade, as Nick highlighted last week, this is his step up. You know, we haven't really seen him fight anybody of any note, even though he's a two-weight world champion, and attempting to become a three-weight world champion at the weekend, to some extent anyway, with this being an interim uh, title uh, against David Benavides. Um, but good biggins will always beat good little And yeah. David Benavides is starting to prove to prove to the world that he's a bit better than just good. Uh, as a big in 168 pounds, he is the real deal. And a fight with Canelo has to happen, mate.
2: Yeah, 100% has to happen, you know. And he's outstanding, he, he really is. He's so big, he's so strong. He's basically a light heavyweight coming down to super middleweight. And he and he proved that against, but he moves so well, he does. Uh, and he loads up so well, as and, and he believes in his power and he doesn't rush his power. Like Andre, he goes back to the corner after round three and he's like, mate, sound, we're in this. We're taking a turn, we're doing exactly what we said we were going to do, all good. And then Benavidez lands clean in round four, drops him, and the fight flipped on its head completely. From that moment on, Andre, he's like, oh, shit, I'm in shit. trouble here. And he's on the back foot, and Benavidez is like, right, I'll just do what I do now. And he absolutely smashed him to bits for a couple of rounds before the corner pulled him out. Good did corner say, work, um, by the way. Good corner, us- work.
1: Listen, corner work. Great corner work.
2: Absolutely. There's no point sending Andre out for no, round number six.
1: He's getting hammered.
2: <clears throat> You'll also see in that corner at the end of round number six as well. That Andre doesn't appeal it either. He doesn't no, want to go back. He doesn't want to go back out. He knows he's bit off more than he can chew now. He knows, wait a minute, this this isn't my natural weight division. This is the biggest fight in my career, and I have bitten off more than I can chew. And he doesn't want to go back out there. Now, some fighters might tell you that tells you a lot about Demetrius Andrade and what's in there. I personally think I've got no qualms with it because I think the corner stops them from getting stopped. I think Mm -hmm. David David Benavidez beats him up and hurts him in round number seven. And this allowed Andrade to go into the press, to see the media after the fight and give his side of the fight and give his side of the story without having to go straight in an ambulance to a hospital, which is ultimately, I believe, what would have happened. So. I can't qualm about it, but it also brings me back to Demetrius Andrade and his 32-fight career, unbeaten 32-fight career, leading to this point. You know, I highlighted on Thursday the facts. I brought receipts. Guy's been in nine world title fights. He's won three versions of a world title. One of them was a WBA regular, but you know what I mean. He's won three belts, Mm -hmm. esteemed belts, if you like. On all three occasions, they were vacant title fights, and all nine fights have been against guys that have never been a world champion. That has to be highlighted, and I did highlight it because David Benavidez is a former world champion, the fourth, the first one Demetrius Andrade has ever faced. Now I know it's a tough thing to say because, yes, he is moving up, and, yes, Benavidez is bigger and stronger and more natural at this mm-hmm. weight class, but you can't, you can't just write off Andrade's career go yeah well he's two weight world champions that's what Andrade was saying in the press and he was like you know I I, I'm, I, was daring to be great I was daring to become a three weight world champion yeah you are on paper mate but come on we know what those nine world title fights were truly about and he can say he's been avoided by everyone as much as he likes but he's been managed and promoted in a certain way where there's going to be questions about his legacy and that's just that's not me being harsh if, if Demetrius Andrade was going in there and lighten everybody up and looked incredible in all nine of those fights, then maybe he would have got the bigger fights. Maybe Mm. he would have got the bigger promotions and the pay-per-view money and everything else, but he didn't. A lot of those fights were forgettable performances. A lot of those world title victories that he had were against B-level opposition, and it was a B-level performance. And that's why there's always been, unless you're drinking from the Kool-Aid, there's always been questions about Demetrius Andrade and his actual capabilities as a fighter and a champion and that's why coming into this fight i was like mate this guy's gonna have to show me something he's never showed me in 32 professional fights to compete with someone like david benavides for three rounds i was like okay right yeah i'm about to be i'm about to be corrected here am i as soon as he took a shot as soon as he got dropped i was like there he is there he is there's a guy that this level has never been in with someone of this level. There's a guy who at this level has never been chinned like that, has never been hurt like that. He doesn't know what to do now. He does how to come through this. And how did he come through it? He sat on his stool, he allowed his corner to pull him out. That's just they're just the facts of the matter. What say you?
1: I can't disagree, mate. But it's I can't disagree. I can't disagree with anything that you just said on on that main event. I actually thought he started well. Yeah. You know, he looked light. He looked in and out. He was boxing beautifully. But I thought when you take an actual step back, Benavides is just downloading data, mate. mate just, downloading. I just,
2: I was just going to say, I seen, I seen fucking Bellu in the in the jungle at the weekend talking about the Usyk fight, and same thing. Bellu was Bellew was brilliant for five rounds. He was probably even up after five rounds because Usyk was going okay. Yep, okay. Or you do that, do you? Or you right. do okay. that. Yeah. Sound. And that's exactly what Benavidez done here. Go on, yeah. kid. Yeah. Whoa, what a great three rounds for you. Right, swallow this. Bang. Oh, there you are. Sound. Bang. Right.
1: If you actually, and as well as that, people, again, people look at Ben, I went on social media afterwards to see what the crowd reaction was like to David Benavidez and where they're at. And obviously everybody's on the same page as us, the clamoring for the, uh, for the Canelo yeah. fight. That's what we all want to see. Of course we do. Benavidez isn't just big and powerful. He's far more than that, far, far more. We saw it in the Caleb Plant fight. The feet, the range, everything to do what he did to Caleb Plant was truly sensational. And after three rounds of having a look, figuring it out, okay, all right, yeah. you do that, do you? All right, you put your feet there, do you? And all right, okay, that's how you're throwing your shots. Okay, sound no problem, mate. Watch. If you actually look at the shot that drops him in that fourth round, it's a really unorthodox way of going about it because he's square when he hits him because he puts his foot so wide outside of the foot of where Demetrius Andrade is in order to create the angle to then throw the straight right down the middle. And he half catches it on his guards, does Andrade. His hands are here, but he comes right through the middle and he half catches it. And then it's like, fucking hell, Jesus, he's thrown it with that much torque. It's ridiculous, but it's the it's the way that he sets the shot up. Bit unorthodox, but it's clever. He's like going, right, I can't create the angle this way, so I'm going to create it this way. Bang, he goes really wide and then throws it. And then, as you've just said, the whole fight then flips. Andrade doesn't really know what to do in that situation. And then Benavides can go, okay, now I can go back and be me. Yep. Feet are beautiful, range is beautiful. Bang, bang, bang. Piecing up, peace in you up. Corner make a great decision. Benavidez is a real problem for Canelo. A yeah. real problem. Because laterally, he's very, very good. He understands where the geography of the of the map. He understands where to be at every single point in the fight. And, as everybody will tell you, the dude can whack, like proper whack. Now, I'm not saying he's going <laughs> to stop Canelo, but he's going to cause fucking murders, mate, in that fight. That is a gigantic, gigantic fight for the Hall of boxing, but if you can do that on a Mexican Bank Holiday weekend, you won't be able to get a ticket, mate. You won't be able to get a ticket. It'll be no. fucking silly. So it's a. It, I'd go as far as to say, outside of the heavyweight division, it's the biggest fight in boxing. It's massive.
2: I agree. So Mexican Bank Holiday weekend, you go. Uh, do you think it'll do? A, do you think it could do a stadium? Do you think it could do yeah. Vegas Stadium,
1: mate? If it, well, where do they know they do them? They do them in Dallas, don't they, some of these?
2: Yeah, yeah, the 60,000. Could it, could, it do Dallas Cowboy Stadium, Stadium? 100% it could do Cowboy Stadium, yeah. Isn't, isn't Benavidez from that neck of the woods, though? Isn't he from Dallas, around that area? I don't actually know where he resides, mate. Oh, oh, was, oh, but Dallas out. is notorious. It's yeah. got a massive Mexican yeah. uh,
1: fan base in there. So 100% he could do that stadium, no doubt.
2: Yeah, uh, of, of course. Yeah, you know, you're talking about uh, to fight with Canelo. I'm saying it, you know, he could have home advantage. <laughs> no one has home advantage against Canelo <laughs> no anywhere no in, chance, in North America. But he'll have Canelo. a big fan base. He'll have a big oh, yeah. fan base I, Honestly, I, I think you're right. I think outside of the division now, we having seen Spence Crawford and no longer requiring the rematch, um, you're absolutely right. This is the biggest fight in boxing. Benavidez versus Canelo must happen. Now I know Canelo has made a lot of noise in the past about not facing Mexican fighters and all this kind of stuff, but it's getting to the point now where he he can't really deny Benavidez because yeah. the opportunities at the weight division above, where Canelo obviously wants to finish his legacy and add another weight division, a legit title. Nobody wants to see Canelo up there either. We want to see Bivol versus. Dimitri Batébié uh, versus Bivol. Obviously, oh, my mate yeah. Callum Smith stand yeah. in the way of that. Of course, let's let's make that clear. I I I went on. I died on the cross when I said I thought Callum Smith would beat Canelo and I was proved completely wrong. Callum had a terrible night that night. He just didn't get going at all. I don't believe he'll do that again against Batébié. He won't want to live with that kind of performance again. So I think that's a proper fight. But regardless, I kind of think the light heavyweight has got a destination, and. For Canelo, where's his destination? Where's his next fight? Where's his next big opportunity? Canelo's the golden goose, so he can kind of pick anybody. But out of this, after this performance from Benavidez, that was the statements that we needed to go, right? That's the fucking guy. Put him in with Canelo. Let's see what happens. And I think the much as much noise as we can generate in this sport to push towards that, we've got to do it. Because Benavidez deserves the opportunity. This is the clear. Number one, 12 stoner on the planet now, right behind Canelo. Let's see that fight. Let's celebrate it. Let's get our Mexican flags out. I'll change my attire again. I'll have all fucking Mexican colors on and everything else. Mate, that is the fight to me. That's a massive, massive fight for 2024.
1: Um, Got to apologize, haven't I, to Lamont Roach? I said that Hexicos... I I know you don't. I know you don't. I had your back, baby.
2: I had your back, Lamont. <laughs>
1: um, I said that Hector Garcia returning to his weight division off the back of the tank uh, defeat. I um, said this is where he should be. This is exactly where he should be. And I think Lamont Roach didn't necessarily have uh, the power to cause him any problems. And therefore, uh, Hector Garcia would have a relatively easy night, I think was the exact terminology that I used. How wrong could it be? Because Lamont Roach can fucking box. Didn't need power. He just needed feet. He needed range control. and he used, And he needed elite shot selection. Great performance. I yep. thought he took eight, maybe eight of
2: those rounds. Comf- I thought it was a comfortable win in the end for him. Well done. Yeah, I-, I thought he was outstanding, to be honest with you. And I thought any chance of the judges robbing him uh, was alleviated in the final round when he dropped Garcia in the 12th round. Uh, for after that, I was like, mate, this is clear. Uh, I was quite disappointed that one of the judges scored it in favour of Hector Garcia. Tim Cheatham, yeah, uh, I think so that's so a really speak. poor scorecard. Really poor, especially with the knockdown, as I say. But, yeah, I, I, Gar- the problem is you go in with someone like a tank. and mm. you, you know you, you lose a big world title fight, It's up at the weight division above. Tank stops you, and you go, you know what? Fuck it, man. It wasn't my weight division. I'll go back to where I dance. I'll go back to where I'm undefeated. World title on the line. Right, this guy's lost before, as he? Sound, man. Bring him on. I'm going to do Hector Garcia stuff. I'm back where I belong. But Lamont Roach, because he'd been here before and falling yeah. short, he always felt like he this was his last chance. This was his Champions League final. It was all or nothing. Whereas Garcia, it was like, okay, back to business. Lamont Roach, it was like, my entire life is this. And that's what I was highlighting on Thursday. You knew Lamont Roach was going to come with everything. And Garcia was going to come. You know what? Same guy, maybe slightly tainted, maybe still feeling a little bit sorry for himself. And Lamont Roach jumped on that. Don't get me wrong, it was a close fight. What I loved about it was Roach would run around, Garcia would run around. Mm. Roach would run around. They were figuring each other out, breaking it down in there. But for me, there was a moment in the middle of the fight, it was like five, six, seven or six, seven, eight, something like that, where Roach just got a few rounds in the tank before it went back. And then to end with that knockdown as well, that's how you become a world champion. Absolutely brilliant. And welcome to the top table at Super Featherweight, Mr. Roach.
1: Mm. Um, I did get uh, the Matthias and Urgusha oh. fight, correct though.
2: You did. You said that'd be the fight of the night. And it, it wasn't the fight of the night, but it was the performance of the night. It was a fucking shootout, baby.
1: Yeah. Listen, when you've got that amount of knockouts, I think it's 20 and 23 for Urgachev. All of his wins uh, for Matthias twenty. And 20. come via knockout. Yeah, he's now 20 and 20. It was a shootout and I loved it. I, I knew that they wouldn't have to go looking for each other. It was like going, all right, you do you, I'll do me, and let's see what happens. It was very Liverpool Man City, mate. You know what I mean? We're not going to fucking, you know, bring in G Sung Parker down Fletcher and try and shut the shop up, are we? You know what I mean? We're having it. Your best against our best. Let's have a bit of a go. Uh, and Matthias, mate, he's a fucking problem. <laughs> he's a real, real problem. Uh, a phenomenal uh, shootout, as you said, and he ends up getting his hand raised and stopping Irgishev, uh in sensational fashion.
2: Has he got a nickname? Matthias. Sublar Matthias. I don't because- know. Wow, with his record like, now, what,
1: what you what you cook what you cook with
2: like. his red with his record now, mad dog 2020. <laughs> Do you remember that drink? Remember that drink when we were kids? It was just proper fucking fire water, mad dog 2020. That's who he is. Mad Dog mate. 2020, mate. Once he gets on him, like Ergoshev starts well, first round or two. And you're like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Ergoshev's throwing bombs, the looking to load up a bomb. But then it got to, it, it was like midway through round two or something like that when Matthias just went, Oh, you can't actually punch. Okay, I can take one of them to fucking give you one of these. And when that switch went and he started landing on Agasher, you were like, Now you're fucked because he can actually punch. You're the, your record says you're a puncher. Yeah. But now we're going to think about, well, wait a minute. Who's he been knocking out? Matthias. Is a fucking knockout merchant, and once that twit, once that flick switch wins, Matthias like you can't hit me. I can hurt you. Right, watch this. He just obliterated Agashev. Absolutely obliterated him. It was brilliant, and again, just like Roach is an interesting addition with super feather, Matthias is a very, very interesting proposition up at super lightweight when you've got the likes of. Um pro gray fighting and Haney, Haney and Taylor and all these guys at super lightweight who are big ticket sellers who are big interesting fighters. You look yep. at someone like Matthias Manny playing out has,
1: with Matthias. He only
2: <laughs> needs to land one. He's a he's a mega interesting addition to that weight division, that like that 10-stone weight division. Because he's like the fucking enigma. Fake. Others can box, they can punch, they can move the talents. There's, there's a lot of pound for pound top 10 talents at super lightweight. This little fucker could end them all. High risk, high oh. risk, reward, mate. High risk, exactly. but he's got a belt now, he's got an IBF belt. Mm-hmm. So, this we live in an age of undisputed. Someone's gonna have to fight him, someone's gonna have to take that belt off him. Woo-wee. Like the Deontay Wilder of the super lightweight division.
1: Mm. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of us um, watching, listening to the show, that you've got on the scales in the morning, gone for your breakfast, got back on the scales, and you've definitely put on weight, right? You will have definitely carried a little bit of extra. I don't think I've ever seen a fighter weigh in, miss weight, go away, attempt to lose weight, but put weight on. What did he do? What did Jamal Charlo do? Did he go and have a little pork pie or something? What did he what did he go and do in the period of time where he was re-weighing in? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, as we highlighted last week, this was not for Jamal Charlo's championship belts. <clears throat> it was a catch weight at 163. He weighed in at 166.4, came back at 166.6. Just a just a bit of a mess, mate. The the whole Friday uh, situation with him and Jose Benavidez weighing in was just a complete and utter mess. Um when the fight played out, though, he did show glimpses of uh, old school uh, Jamal Charlo. Nice re- uh, range control, good shot selection. Quite evident, though, that he was far bigger. Uh, he was the guy He's for this weight. Well, yeah, he was the guy for this weight division. Jose Benavides wasn't the guy for this weight division. I just hope Jamal Charlo. That's just a one-off. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Right, you've done it now. You're back after 30 months. You've had a fucking farce on the Friday. You've messed up. You've blown the rust off. Now let's get back properly. Let's let's hope that that has sorted your head out a little bit and we can go in the right direction. Because listen, I like the dude. I think he's wicked on the microphone. I think he's wicked in the ring. I think he delivers the things that every boxing fan wants to see. Knockouts, <coughs> brash, you what? know. They want to see cocky bastards do their thing. That's what they want to see, don't they? Yeah. And he is one of those guys that can absolutely do that. But I don't think it was a, a great representation for Jamal Charlo over the last 48, 72 hours?
2: No, we we waited two and a half, three years for him to to come back and do something, and this is what he does. I think it's disrespectful for the sport of boxing. It's disrespectful to his opponent, Jose Benavidez Jr. Disrespectful to everybody. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that I'm not privy to the conversations that went on. I'm sure financially it was worth continuing with the fight for Benavidez Jr. But you know, at what stage did, Nevada, did the Nevada Commission step in and say, well, wait a minute, you know, the, the fight was made at this way. You've come in overweight, period. Then you've said, I'll go away and make weight then. And then you've come back and you're overweight again. It's just a mockery of boxing, you know. And those were big headlines that were written on Friday as well. It was just like, Charlo's back and Charlo doesn't give a fuck, you know. And as good as his performance was, and it was good to see him back, of course, you know. <laughs> I like this like a is what we highlighted, didn't we? Them,
1: the, yeah, but this is what we highlighted this week. If his head's not right, all the th- listen. It's highly documented all the things that he's been doing outside of of the ring, right? And if yeah. your head's not right, the boxing ring is not the place to be. That on Friday was evident of a guy whose head isn't right yet. He's not, he's not in the place. So therefore, for me, I was looking at it going, "Fucking hell, I don't want him in the ring tomorrow night." If he if he's not here, if he's not yeah. present, if he's not serious, if he's not who he yeah. was. This is a dangerous place for him to be playing. Now that it's done, now that it's out the way and he's got through it, there's two ways that this can go. He can either think he can blag it or it's going to be a reality check. And I hope it's the second one. I hope it is the second one that he gets that reality check and it's like going, right, okay, I've got to get my fucking act together here now. Because if I do that against the proper 160,
2: I'll get my ass kicked. Simple. The... the po- See, it's a, it's a weird one because obviously mental health is such a and rightfully so such a high profile conversation now, and it impacts on the sport of boxing. And there's two ways of looking at this, you know. Yes, he's been on for three years, and best part of three years. And yes, we know why because of some very troubling things that goes on more than anything in between his ears. There's a there's a there's a conform a conformality here involved where you think you know what. Maybe the boxing ring's the best place for him. And once the bell went, it, it looked the best place for him, yeah, the safest yeah. place for him. This is what he does. This is where his is what this, this is where he's in his happiest position. So I agree with the fight going ahead in that pretend. Because what happens if you go, I uh, mean, you've missed weight twice now. Um we're not we as Nevada Commission, you've got to weigh. you put weight on. Yeah. It's bad for sports, bad for boxing, bad for us. No, we're pulling it. Sorry, this fight ain't happening. Where does he spiral to them? And is the responsibility with Nevada the the Commission to look after his mental health and push the fight forward? The flip side of that, of course, is well, now Jose Benavidez is at an extra disadvantage because you're allowing this guy, you know, to break the rules, break his contract mm-hmm. for the fight to progress just to protect his mental health. When what about this guy's health over here? Because this yeah. guy's going to get a shellacking now yeah, against mate. the bigger yeah, yeah. guy. Now, the, the, rewar- the reward, the financial rewards are probably. You know, Benavidez might have got an extra 10, 20, 30 grand, whatever it might be. And he might have been happy with that. This brings us maybe to a conversation we have in, in, in MMA all the time regarding people failing to make weight in the UFC. This is not missing weight. This is failing to make weight. When you go away and say, I'm going to make weight and put weight on, that's not f- missing weight. That's failing to make weight. That's going away and having a fucking bacon butty and coming back. Oh, <laughs> that's a surprise. I, I had a shit then as well. Anyway, there's got to be more of a. More of a penalty involved for the guy that's breaching his contract. Mm. Whether that's starting the fight with a point off, whether that's you know whatever it may be, I don't know. But- Mate, listen. In reality, he loses his belt. If this belt was
1: on the line for this fight, so- he would have lost his belt.
2: Yeah,
1: but there was no repercussions for this.
2: No, no.
1: Listen, it's it, it is a fine line. I don't think the Nevada State Athletic Commission are responsible for the mental health of the fighter that's him his team his people in and around him they've got to make sure that he's in the right state of mind in order to compete up to friday it's (laughs) the evidence provided states that maybe he wasn't in the right place they've gone through with the fight he looked far more comfortable in the ring than he did anywhere outside of the ring throughout the whole course of the week yeah hopefully that is a thing that can help him now go forward thinking to himself right come on, man, I've got a talent here. Let's fucking take this seriously. Let's get my head straight and let's get back to competing. Let's get some regularity and some normality back into my life. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I I think that there was a few interesting points came out of the press conference afterwards. Obviously, the Benavidez senior, obviously Jose's father and David's father, Hmm. uh, he came out and said, listen, if if the Canelo fight ain't happening, put Charlo in with with David. Put Charlo in with David Benavidez for the wbc interim at 168 i feel like you've just saved you've just saved Cha- your own oh el- your elder son up to charlo as a lamb to the slaughter to set up charlo being fed to your younger son as a lamb to the slaughter i think i think they Demetri- i think david benavidez would do the same thing to jamal charlo that he did to demetrius Andrade on saturday night this version of jamal charlo anyway mm-hmm. uh, because i just don't think he's right so that was a weird thing, but also what Charlo said. Did you see what Charlo said about his brother? Where he no. was like Jamel, Jamel, and Jamal, this will throw Jamal was the one he fought on Saturday yeah. and has had mental problems, mental health problems. Jamel recently fought his younger brother by 60 seconds. I think, I think he's yeah. younger. Regardless, the twins he fought. He fought, Canelo. he fought Canelo Alvarez and lost quite one-sided fight. In fact, he was quite poor, but anyway. Well, Jamal in his press conference was like. Yeah, Jamel was supposed to be here. I haven't spoke to him. He's not answering his phone. He hasn't reached out to me. I'm worried about his mental health. If anybody is close to Jamel, please tell him that I love him. Please tell him that I'm thinking about him. Please tell him I'm here for him. And I'm like, wait a minute. This feels the like fuck? deja vu. Yeah. Jamel was saying the same thing about Jamal not so long ago. And now Jamal is questioning Jamel's mental health. Very weird relationship, these twins have got. A very weird relationship. Um but yeah, it's just like, hey, that was supposed. To, aren't you that guy? Now you're talking about him in the same context. Very strange. Very strange relationship they've got. Mm.
1: Yeah. Listen, I obviously we hope that both of them are sound and they uh, they get themselves straight. Very talented lads, and we want to see them in with the the best <clears throat> the best possible the, the best possible opponents. I, I, but I, I wouldn't be putting Jamal <laughs> Charlo in with David Benavides next. Absolutely no way whatsoever. Um. That, all in all, rounds up... Oh, I'll tell you what I haven't mentioned, actually. Mark Chamberlain. Just a quick one. Mark Chamberlain fought on uh, Friday night, didn't he, against uh, Archivov's uh, Ramlavs. Uh, He ended up stopping him. We said, listen, man, this is a good little uh, benchmark for you. Uh, Archie Sharp took on uh, Ramlavs a few years back. uh, Completely beat him up, but went the distance with him. Where's Mark Chamberlain Mm -hmm. at? Well, I'll tell you what, Mark Chamberlain... What
2: happened then? I've lost you. What the hell's going on here? I can't hear anything. I can hear you. I can't hear... What's the problem? There's no problem at my end. All oh, right, Sorry. Just a little YouTube
1: video popped up on my screen, then just started playing whilst I was uh, doing the show.
2: It sounded like porn. A little bit of porn, was it? We can, nah. I can double over. I can dub over <laughs> some porn sound effects there, yeah?
1: So we know what we got up to. Whoa, what whoa. Up to off what's, the he, show. what's he watching? What's he watching? <laughs> um, do you want me to tell you what it was? And think because this is a Fight Disciples thing. So I'll tell you what popped up on my screen there. Um, boxing fans might not know, know who this person is. Nate the Great. You know Nate Kelly? Oh, yeah. So little Nate Kelly is now oh, making...
2: a video with, with, uh, when he's talking to Dana.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why I've got it <laughs> up on the screen <laughs> is because I've arranged to speak to him at some point later on today for the Fight Disciples. Because he's making his yeah. PFL debut, isn't he? That's right. There you go. So that's what nice. that was. is The great? So I thought I'd give that a shout out. Keep an eye out this week for uh, for that interview.
0: Anyway, anyway what I was going Mark to say, Chamberlain. Mark Chamberlain.
1: Yes, Mark Chamberlain. Apologies, Mark, for uh, having uh, that pop up throughout the course of this. I thought he did really well, mate. He had to navigate quite a, a, a serious cut. He had to uh, obviously navigate uh, a relatively tough opponent. And he ended up getting the stoppage down the back end. He's a very, very talented lad, Mark Chamberlain. But as I said on last week's show, he's going under the radar. He's going under the radar. Um. It's going to be interesting to see in what direction uh, Queensbury take him because I I like him, man. I like it. I don't know where you're at with him. I like the lad. I think I think he's got a bit of talent there. So there's got to be a step up at some point. Oh, when I say step up, that was a step up at the weekend. Um, an yeah. an opponent of note that could get the fans excited, if that makes sense. Like a, a name, a named opponent. Yeah, that'll be decent.
2: I think for the for the next gen card, which I, I presume this was on a Friday night. Yeah, France, that's kind of the you know, idea. It, it, it's the kids coming through next kind of thing. I thought Henry Turner and Mark Chamberlain um, both came through ten rounders. Both had their arm raised. Both dominated their fights. Both survived cuts and had to deal with those cuts. That's that's what these fights are about. Yes, yeah. they, they waited in favor of 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 the of the Frank Warren signed guy, of course, but. These fights are there to provide them with experience being a main event, dealing with situations, dealing with experienced opponents. And in that, a big tick for both of them. They both come through against step-up opponents. They dealt with cuts. They got, in terms of Chamberlain, got the finish at the end as well, little rubber stamp. Turner ran away with the points decision. Good. Good stuff for those guys. Good building show. A next-gen show. Yeah, sound.
1: Oh, all good. Um, big week this week. Um, we've got some uh, fantastic fights to get excited about uh, this weekend. Um, I actually can't wait to get stuck into this because I want to see if your boy can do it. Do you think he can
2: do it? <sighs> Which boy? Which one? Home or abroad?
1: Abroad. Oh, you're, so, you're, you're uh, sorry, you're now referring to Jordan, aren't you? Against, the, yeah, um, of against course. The Listen
2: yeah exactly yeah e- exactly. and um you know i've been a I've been a mate and a friend and an ally and a supporter of Jordan Gill since it's a that great was fight, one of man. our first yeah well, that was one of great, our first because right. pros- uh, people who watch fight disciples listen to us regularly know at the start of every year, we have our ones to watch for the year uh, and at one stage we both picked featherweights from the same domestic featherweights in the same uh and and they came to a head and Jordan Gill obviously got the win and Jordan Gill. Lives on as uh, one of my favorite fighters ever since. Um, He's into the lion's den this weekend, rather like Chantel Cameron did. Great fight. At the weekend, he's going to the SSE arena in Belfast and he's going to take on Mick Conlon. And that's a massive fight. And I think Jordan Gill, Mick Conlon is a bit of a crossroads for both. I don't think he, he... Both of them have come short at the level above. And this is salvation for one and potentially the first step towards living a career and, and accepting a career that was just below the top level. Uh, so the, it's all on the line. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all in on Conlon versus Gil. I'm a little bit more confident about my other one to watch. Are oh, you? Yeah. Transatlantic, yeah. As much as I'm a big fan of Regis Progray, Devin Haney is the guy. Okay. Devin Haney is what a my guy. What a, uh, what a fight, mate. What a fight. Just on
1: that, on that, when you think about boxing this year and it delivering, and we'll do this at the end of the year when we have our big roundup, and you think of all the weight divisions that have delivered yeah. for us this year, would you say 140 is the division that has delivered the best? Uh, the reason why I bring that up is because, obviously, we had Tia Fimo and Josh. Yeah. Um, I know that it was a weird catch weight, but we had Tank and Ryan. Which I'm classing as a, a 140 fight, even though it was like that weird weight division.
2: 137 like, or whatever something was, mad
1: yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. So I'm classing that as one of them. And obviously we've got this. So when you think of the big fights, when you think of the ones that you really wanted to watch, this is one forty the division that has captured the imagination this year.
2: Maybe I'd have to have a would have to have a little review of all the weight divisions, to be totally honest. I can't I'm trying to think of other weight classes that have had big fights in. Featherweight's obviously had quite a few mega fights as well but yeah. maybe not maybe i think maybe, i think big names maybe not as uh, at this level yeah
1: have but a thing that's like, for the fight disciples to have a thing we'll do this at the end of the year what division yeah, will do review, the one yeah. that has really got your balls tingling yeah. this year for me 140 in and around 140 has been that that division that's kind of yeah. just yeah. led down that marker a touch well
2: it's anyway. certainly been streets ahead of heavyweights with you <laughs> one. has it won has title it this year? Has it? Dubois, the no, only no, 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 no! Have you not heard?
1: The, the heavyweight division's on fire, mate. Have you not heard? It's been delivering. Come on! Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the show. It's been an absolute pleasure once again to be in your company. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. Another wonderful weekend of boxing. So many wonderful talking points, Mega. which follows on from what we saw the weekend previous. We're going to get it again this week. What the fuck is going on? We're getting it again this weekend. There's more good stuff coming Matching. up this weekend. Uh, how it's supposed to be. Uh, so please make sure you subscribe to us because we'll give you a preview show for what's coming up, um, obviously in Belfast and uh, in it's California, isn't it? The are fighting in California, Regis Progray mm-hmm. and Devin Henney. Um, so we'll give you a preview of that a little bit later in the week and we'll be back on the uh, UFC trail as well this week too. So please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com is the website uh, for all your audio feeds. And we're also available uh, on YouTube under Fight Disciples. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
2: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.